So we're partway through a sermon series, as Steve just mentioned before, on the names of God. Now, the names of God, if you were here week one, don't just desc- sorry, describe who God is. It's not just a simple name. It describes the characteristics and the nature of God. So week one, we looked at Yahweh, which strictly means I am. But a better translation for us would be, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. So if you remember back to that week, we were talking about how God is consistent, he is everlasting, he is always in all these characteristics that these names that we've gone through describe. So for example, when the next week we talked about God Almighty, God is always almighty and will always be. Rob spoke about the Lord being our shepherd last week, and he will always be that, consistently, everlastingly so. And therefore, we come to today when we're looking at Yahweh Yaira, or the Lord will provide, and we know that he is a God who will consistently, never-endingly, everlastingly provide for us. Isn't that amazing? So keep that in the back of your mind as we go through this talk this morning. I want to turn to Genesis and go through it because it's an incredible passage, but it is slightly confusing as well at the same time. So in the Bibles in front of you, on your phones, whatever, we're just going to skim through and we're going to see what we can learn from God as we look at this passage. So God calls Abraham and Abraham says, here I am. He's so attentive to the call of God. He's listening to him and he responds and says, I am here. I am here. What do you want me to do, Lord? I'm sure he wasn't thinking that God was going to say this. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. Just to clarify, it's not actually his only son. He has another son, Ishmael, from Hagar, a servant of Sarah's. But for the point of this scripture and for the point of um, Abraham and Isaac, it says only some. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. The son that Sarah, your wife, had, your only son of Sarah. Take him and sacrifice him. You would have thought that Abraham would have something to say at that point, wouldn't you? Place yourself in Abraham's shoes. Go and take your son and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me. It's just something that we can't comprehend. Does he say anything? No. Verse 3 then says, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey, and he went on a three-day journey. Imagine that three-day journey. Imagine if you have a son yourself or just put yourself in the shoes of someone who might. Imagine yourself having a son and taking him on a three-day journey, knowing that he is going to die at the end of this journey. (coughs) If God said that to me, said, take Zachary on a three-day journey, I think I'd have something to say. Praise God, he won't say that to any of us ever again because of what we'll discuss later. But just picture yourself in that. 
So they're going on this three-day journey. Abraham is thinking, what on earth is going on? I don't want to do this. And they go up the mountain and, and Isaac says, Dad, where is the sacrifice that we are going to make to the Lord? Verse 8, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then Isaac is bound to the altar. Imagine as a dad binding your son to the altar. He grabs the knife. He lifts the knife above his head. And praise God, there is an intervention. Abraham, Abraham, the angel of the Lord called out. Here I am. The second time we hear Abraham say that. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son through Sarah. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. Praise God the story has a good ending to it. But place yourself in Abraham's shoes. Just consider the level of trust, obedience and faith Abraham has to take his son, go on the journey. And even at the point where the altar is built, to strap his son to it. Imagine that. Yet, what does God do? He provides a substitute lamb, doesn't he? Abraham sees the ram, unstraps Isaac from the altar, places the ram on it and sacrifices that instead. God provides the substitute. Fast forward many years and we get to Jesus. What happens to Jesus on the cross. He is placed there by God the Father. His hands are nailed to the cross. His feet are nailed there as well. And God, Jesus himself, dies for us as our substitute in our place. Praise God, that we have that substitute. Praise God that in the story of Abraham and Isaac, there was that ram there as the substitute for Isaac. But this Abraham and Isaac story is a kind of foretaste of what is to come. And it describes God's heart for us. Because for us to comprehend God the Father Sacrificing his son for us is, is quite difficult. But the story of Abraham and Isaac, we can go on that walk with Abraham and we can place ourselves in his shoes and we can imagine what that would have been like. The pain, the anxiety and the suffering that Abraham would have had thinking that this is what God was calling him to do. This shows God's heart for us. 
that God's himself would provide his only son to die for us on the cross so that we would be forgiven, we would be saved. We all know this verse, I'm sure, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but would have eternal life. Do you know that message in your heart this morning? This may be your first time in a church. This may be your a thousandth time in a church. You may have heard that many times. But the reality of it is, God the Father is like Abraham. And God the Son is like Isaac. And God the Father places his Son on the cross so that we may be saved. That shows his heart for us that we can't comprehend. But praise God, like in the Abraham and Isaac story, there's a happy ending. Because after three days, what happens to Jesus? He rises again. On Friday night, as Hetty said, hundreds of kids whooped at that as the guys on the stage said that Jesus is alive. None of you are whooping at that. Great. He is alive. But it shows God's heart for us that he would do that in the first place. I'm just going to read a a quote which sums up this before we then look more in depth at what God also provides. On Mount Moriah, Yahweh was teaching Abraham what he himself was prepared to provide. Does it break your heart, Abraham, to give up, to slay, yes, by your own hand, as an innocent sacrifice, your well-loved and only son? And think of the awful and infinite cost to me of what I am prepared to do for man. The thing that Abraham foreshadowed on Mount Moriah was realised, accomplished, when God's son upon the cross cried, it's is finished. Isaac asks, where is the lamb? Abraham answered, God will provide himself a lamb. And John the Baptist announces, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is here. We all have God's provision over our lives. We all have his provision because of the substitute that he provides and the heart of God the Father that he lavishes upon us. You may be sitting here now thinking, I am praying so hard for something to happen. I am praying so hard that this provision that I'm longing for comes to fruition. I am seeking something from you, God, and it doesn't seem like you are providing. Lord, have you abandoned me? I'm so longing for something. The specifics will be different across the whole of this room. God has not abandoned you. God has provided 
the ultimate act of love upon your life. Jesus as substitutes, God's heart breaking as his son died, yet rejoicing as he became alive again. Know, know that God has provided for you, even if you are struggling now, and hold on to that, that God's heart is a heart of love that would do even that, sacrifice his son for us. Looking ahead, looking further at what the story says, though, about what God provides. Just flick back in your Bibles, flick back on your phones to Genesis 17. Talking about Abraham here. This is from verse 5. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Abraham is walking up that mountain. He has his only son that Sarah gave him. And he's remembering that covenant, that promise that God has provided over him. And he's thinking, God, if I sacrifice Isaac, how will that promise come to pass? That I will be the father of many nations, that the stars in the sky will not be the number of descendants that Abraham has through Isaac. Who knows what Abraham could be thinking at this point? Who knows what he could be thinking? In Hebrews, it says, I'm not going to read it to you. In Hebrews 11, it talks about how Abraham thought that God may, at the point at which he sacrificed Isaac, bring him back to life. We don't know what Abraham was thinking as he was going up. We, were, we don't know whether he was hoping for a substitute. Yet we do know that Abraham has this promise over his life and that he's there with the knife, thinking, how will this come to pass? Do you have a promise over your life that you feel that God has given to you, that you are thinking, I'm at that point where it all seems like that promise is just not going to come to pass. The moment seemingly has gone for that promise to be fulfilled. I'm coming to the end of my life and that promise has yet been fulfilled. I am in a place where I don't feel that promise is yet to be fulfilled. Take hope from this passage that God provided a promise upon Abraham through Isaac, and that even at the point of which Isaac is about to die, that promise seemingly is about to disappear. God intervenes. Because God keeps his promises and will always keep his promises. So for you, if you have a promise over your life, 
know that God will keep that promise. Hold on to that today. At the end of this talk in a few minutes, we can pray over you and into that, that if you feel that promise is yet to come to pass, that the Lord will bring that quickly upon you. Notice, turning back to Genesis 22. When does God provide in this story? He provides when Abraham steps out in faith. Here I am, Lord, Abraham says twice. Here I am, obedient and trusting in you. Abraham steps out in faith and God provides the substitutes. God provides his heart of love over him. God provides when we step out in faith in him. Turn to Luke 9. This is Jesus, God himself. When Jesus had called the 12 together, Jesus gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to curse, cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. And it goes on. Why does he say that? He says that because he will provide. So the disciples go out. They take the step of faith. They take the calling that Jesus has said to them to go out. They see people healed. They see diseases cured. They see people being set free from demons. And yet they take nothing with them because they are obedient to Jesus. They take the step of faith that God will provide all all that they need. Are you taking your step of faith? Has God laid something on your heart that you are not stepping into because you think that you are inadequate for the task? You think that I can't do this by myself, so therefore I'm not going to step out and do what you are calling me to do. Know this over your life, that when you step out in faith, God will provide. God will provide as we step out in faith. Know that over your life. And how does he do this? How does God today give us all that we need to step out in faith? Luke 11, starting from verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. 
Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, knowing how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God provides his Spirit. It is because of God's Spirit that we firstly step out in faith and know that as we do step out in faith, he will provide for us. It is because of the Holy Spirit that we will know of the promises over our lives as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, either directly or through somebody else. Jesus, our substitute, says to the disciples, wait, the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. And we see the Holy Spirit descend so powerfully in Acts 2 at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is here today because of that. I love how all three persons of God provide so clearly for us. God the Father's heart for us. God the Son as our substitute. And God the Holy Spirit into our lives. Have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit? Has it been a long time since you have felt the Holy Spirit upon your life? Are you crying out longing to know of God's love upon you, knowing that provision in your life? I invite the band up, please. I want this morning, if anything of that has struck a chord in your heart, I want to pray for you. If you, for the first time, want to take a step of faith, and you've never heard that Jesus has been your substitute. Jesus has given his life for you so that you can spend eternity with him. Living a full life, living a life of abundance in the spirit. Have you forgotten that God provides for you? He keeps his promises. He provides for you as you step out in faith. And he provides the Holy Spirit upon your life. If you all close your eyes for a moment. If you want to be filled by the spirits, could I ask you to do something brave and to stand up. That could be for the first time. That can be as a renewing in your life.
Are you holding on to a promise that you know is yet to be fulfilled and you have lost hope that that is going to be fulfilled in your life? Then again, stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. If you are not taking those steps of faith because you feel you are inadequate and that the Lord is not going to provide for you, stand and be filled with the Spirit, knowing that He, He alone will provide for your every step.